The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with best-selling author, speaker, and motivational coach, April Joy Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and a single parent at 32. Through all of her challenges, she's gone from tragedy to triumph. She'll help you to do the same. Get empowered by taking a holistic approach. Now, here is your host, April Joy Ford. Welcome, I'm April Joy for the voice of You're Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. First and foremost, I wanted to say thank you to one of our sponsors, Search Bloom. Search Bloom is proud to support women and diversity while powering award-winning digital marketing from building responsive websites to SEO to managing your paid media online. Search Bloom is one of the top firms specializing in growing small businesses. Make sure you click on their banner on the You Are Not Alone show page. And I also want to say a hello to all of our fans and listeners globally. Each listener is a life and each life matters. I know you guys are seeking answers and solutions to your situations and setbacks. And I'm glad you tuned in for another week here on Voice America to get some insights on tools and truth to get empowered. Know that you're not alone and that there is hope. I'm here to say that there's golden blessings to be discovered even when life throws you a curveball and you can still experience joy. So to offer you guys the free download of You're Not Alone, if you want to know how to create your blueprint to break through your barriers by taking a holistic approach using the four steps, again, that's recognize, respond, reevaluate, and rebalance, go to myjoyagain.com or text the keyword joy to 38472. Zero. And if you're interested on information on CEUs, I'll talk more about that in our commercial break to give you guys my email for that. So our episode today is the psychology of self-motivation. When you encounter a trauma, a tragedy, or just everyday stress in life that drains you, do you feel inspired, motivated, or even empowered? Virginia Tech's E. Scott Geller, as featured on TEDx, will explain how we can inspire people and ourselves to be self-motivated. And this is what empowerment is all about. Imagine how you can change your life just with a little self-motivation. And we're all inspired by doing something, but it takes motion and action to see change. And we'll also talk about the three questions that will lead you to feeling empowered. Again, my guest is Virginia Tech's very own E. Scott Keller. He recently released a new book, Applied Psychology, Actively Caring for People. It's a new volume that Keller says encompasses his renowned 46-year career at the university and his passion for self 
improvement and positive thinking. Welcome to our show this week, Scott. How are you? Thank you, April. I'm I'm great. And but you know that that those words empowerment and those words actively caring for people. Don't we need this now more than ever before? I mean, oh, this absolutely. country is falling apart because people aren't caring soon enough. We care afterwards, don't we? We care after the tragedy, but we don't, we're not proactive. And, of course, that's what our book is all about, is how can we be proactive and, and care before the tragedy? Yeah, and I'd like to talk a little bit more about your book as we go through our segment today on some of the practical strategies you've outlined on the movement that you've created on actively caring for people. But let's start off with the basics. I mean, for people, you know, here with our audience, this is the Empowerment Mm -hmm. Channel, but for those listening from other um, channels here on Voice America, in your version, what does the word empowerment mean? Well, you know, the management definition of empowerment is giving people more, more things to do with fewer resources. And that's not the psychological definition. <laughs> Psychologists want you to feel empowered. And what does it mean to feel empowered? And when you give somebody a task to do, a child, a, a worker, um, you want them to feel empowered. A student, you want the student to feel empowered to do the assignment. And we claim, I claim, there are three questions you have to ask them. First question, can you do it? Now, that's an easy one, right? Have you had, that's a training question. Mm -hmm. Do you know what to do? Have you been trained to do the task? Second question, suppose, yeah, yeah, I can do this. You've you've taught me. I know the behaviors involved. And um, Albert Bandura calls this self-efficacy. Notice self. It's a belief that you can do it. You might see somebody do something very well but they might not believe they can do it. So we're talking about believing you can do it. And so that sometimes takes training. It mm-hmm. takes feedback. It takes behavior-based feedback. Second question, will it work? That is, do you believe that doing this task will lead us to the mission or the vision that we're after, the big picture, so to speak? And by the way, that might take education. I might have to present you with data to show that in the past, this kind of behavior led to these results. Albert Bandura calls that response efficacy. That is, believing that the behavior, the response, will lead to results that, that you want. And it could be big-time results. You know, if we want people to care for each other, and we want people, for example, the job might be, I want people to coach each other. I want people to look out for each other, become a brothers, sisters, keepers, culture. Can you do this? Well, I have to give them some, something specific to do. Do you believe that doing this will lead to a better culture for all? Now, by the way, that's training and that's education. And the third question, however, is a motivational question. Is it worth it? Now, now the question is, you might know how to do it. You might believe it would work, but right now, is it worth it? Is, are the, is the behavior worth the expected outcome? This, let's use an example. We all know that text messaging is bad. People should not be text messaging or talking on a cell phone while they drive their car. So let's see. First question, can you do it? Sure, you can. You can put down the phone. You can leave it alone. You could not answer the phone. That's easy. 
Second question, will it work? Do you believe that if people stopped text messaging, we would have fewer crashes and fatalities on the highway? Of course we believe that. The data is clear. Third question, however, this is a tough one. Is it worth it? Because Uh, people don't believe it's going to happen to them. So it's it's not worth it. For me, I got windshield time. And besides, it's not going to happen to me. So that third question is the one that sometimes holds us back from doing what's right. Is it really the third question that people really get stuck or stumble on? Or maybe sometimes it's even the, ver- the first. And for, the, for those of you guys who are taking notes, I'll just quickly summarize the three questions to feel empowered. Scott mentioned is first, ask yourself, can you do it? Uh, the second question is, will it work? And third, is it worth it? Uh, do people generally get stuck, like you said, at the third phase of motivation? But what about the first, where they don't even believe that they can do it? Well, yeah, but see, we, we can attack that one relatively easy. We can train them. We can teach them. We can teach people what to do, you know? I mean, it's, it's, we can teach them how to coach somebody else to improve that other person's behavior. Or we can show a strategy for, hey, just leave your cell phone in the back of seat of the car. I mean, that's mm-hmm. an easy, the response is easy in that case. So the, the, we know what to do. And we believe that if we did it, we will have a better world. We will, we will reduce the probability of a crash with regard to cell phones anyway. It's that third question. You know, and by it? the way, as B.F. Skinner taught us, Behavior is influenced by consequences. His term was selection by consequences. Uh, selection Everything by you do is to get something pleasant or avoid something unpleasant. And mm-hmm. the bottom line is, why do we talk on the cell phone? Well, it's soon certain positive consequences, you know? And, and I'm driving my car, and it, there's a probability that I might get hurt. There's a slight probability, but guess what? I get to my destination safely. And I just had a nice conversation with my friend. I used my windshield time. I was efficient, but you were at risk. Mm-hmm. But the point is, I got reinforced. I got rewarded for doing that at-risk behavior. Wow. Now, that leads into when you said it goes back to a selection of consequences on how we make choices and our yes. behavior doesn't that also lead into how we inspire others besides you know feeling empowered ourselves and motivated how does this translate to inspiring others oh that's that's brilliant because that's what a leader does a leader inspires people to go beyond the call of duty to do more than they have to in fact some had said the measure of a leader is how much discretionary behavior do your followers perform? That is, how much they do beyond the call of duty. So exactly what you just said, April, if we can inspire someone to think beyond the soon certain personal consequences and think of the bigger picture, that's leadership. And, of course, that that gets us right back to how can we get people to actively care? I mean, everybody cares. But how can we get people to perform behavior that results in caring? And it takes sometimes, as you, the word you use, an inspirational leader. A leader who gets, here's the word, emotion. If we can get 
emotions going. Emotional emotions are motivating, aren't they? And yes. we want mm-hmm. motion, we want just like the word says. Pardon me. Oh, just like the word says, it's emotion and in motion. Oh yeah, and if we 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 want we want positive emotions, and we want to avoid negative emotions. But an inspirational leader can convince you. For example, let's get back to cell phone. What if the leader could say, convince you that yes, you might use a cell phone to get home safely, but someone's going to get hurt. Are you are you right? Sure, someone will get hurt using a cell phone. Do you care? Yes, I care. Second question, do you believe, do you understand observational learning? Do you understand that children, other drivers watching you driving with your cell phone, that you are influencing that behavior as a social norm? Mm -hmm. And again, we're just using this one example, but the point's pretty clear that the idea is to get people to think beyond themselves for others. And if, if using your cell phone, if you could just come up with a mindset of, when I use this cell phone, I'm teaching this at-risk practice to everybody who sees me. And believe me, lots of people see you driving along with your cell phone. Now, you might be hands-free, and that's better than holding on to a cell phone, but somebody in your car might notice that you're using the cell phone. And so mm-hmm. the, the deal is that we have to help people develop the bigger picture and accept the social norm of actively caring for people. Of course, that's why the, the subtitle of our book is, is Applied Psychology, but the subtitle is Actively Caring for People. And from an academic perspective, I'm calling this humanistic behaviorism. Two words our people think are quite different. We have the behaviorist who believes we need to change behavior in certain ways. And the humanist who believes we have to be empathic and compassionate and care for the individual. So this book, and I believe the concept of actively caring, brings these two ideas together. together. Mm-hmm. Actively is behavior and caring is humanism. All right. All right. And we're going to dive more into E. Scott Geller's book, uh, Virginia Tech's very own, after these messages. So don't go anywhere and meet us back after the break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Do you have adversity or challenges in your life weighing you down? Are you sick and tired of feeling depressed, down, and just plain unhappy? Get yourself out of this rut. Take action. Break through the barriers in your life and gain the confidence that you deserve by downloading the free ebook, You Are Not Alone, at MyJoyAgain.com. This book will help you to create your own blueprint to rise above life's challenges and discover the power inside you. Start smiling again. Enjoy life. And feel empowered that you can face anything that is in front of you. Visit myjoyagain.com for the free ebook or text to 38470. The keyword joy. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? 
Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories, resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Women's Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. Our episode this week is the psychology of self-motivation with my guest, E. Scott Geller. He is from Virginia Tech, and he was featured on TEDx uh, talking about the topic of self-motivation, as well as his new book that he released, Applied Psychology, Actively Caring for People. And before I turn the mic back over to him, I did promise to give you guys my email if you guys are interested in CEUs for trauma-informed care, as well as self-care. It is April J. Ford at joysofyah.com and that's j-o-y-s-o-f-y-a-h.com so scott before we get into the topics unfortunately in the media on the turmoil and violence happening here in america let's go back to before our break we were talking about how do we inspire people and we'll tie that into um, what our country is going through with the the violence that's going on but how can we really inspire people to be motivated and to provide change wow i mean that that's tough isn't it i mean that's really tough it is a topic of of actively caring how people to realize that their behavior what they do can influence the behavior of others. They can reduce bullying. They can help develop a more compassionate society, a more compassionate culture. How we interact with others affects how others interact with others. So it, it is about acts of kindness, isn't it? It's about mm-hmm. reaching out and actively caring for people. We have a program we started called Actively Caring for People. We have wristbands that we distribute. So, and they're at the internet. You can, you can, you get them at, at an internet, at an, at an internet site, activelycaringforpeople.org. And the, the, the issue is like this. If you see somebody going beyond the call of duty for somebody else, you, you thank them and you give them a wristband. Join the movement. It's an actively caring for people movement. AC4P movement. And it is a movement that we want to see happen worldwide. And it is spreading, by the way. After you receive the wristband, every wristband has its own number on it. You go to the website, ac4p.org, and 
report the act of kindness and you report the, na- the number of that wristband that you passed on to someone else. And then they pass that wristband on to another person and it goes on and on. And you can see wow. your wristband end up in South Africa. Oh, that's cool. It's kind of like Australia. a ripple effect on a random act of joy or kindness. <laughs> well, it's very similar, but it's not, those, these acts are not random. See, I don't like the word random acts of kindness. That implies that it's mindless, that you weren't thinking. Oh, was it thinking. intentional? Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's, it's very much, you see somebody doing some, some behavior that you appreciate, and you go and you thank them. It's a planned act, mm-hmm. and, and that's, I think that's the way it needs to be. It's a planned act, but it's, we call it actively caring for people, but it's planned, intentional mm-hmm. kindness. Okay. And that's one of the topics that you talked about when you were on TED Talk. And for our listeners out there, I encourage you guys to listen to his talk on self-motivation. But is that one of the techniques to inspire people is to give them feedback and recognition? Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the, I have a, I have a recent book that just came out, co-authored by a police officer, a, a former police officer, Bobby Kipper. And the title of the book is Actively Caring for Policing. And in that book, we teach seven basic principles. Principles that people need to understand and act on. And principle number one, use more positive consequences than negative consequences. I mean, use more. I mean, we, when you give somebody a positive consequence for desirable behavior, you influence both behavior and attitude in a positive way. We use like, too right. many negative consequences in our society. It's a click it or ticket environment, and we need to change that. And since we're talking about that latest book uh, that you co-authored with a police officer, you know, with all the turmoil again and violence that America is experiencing now with both cultural and racial barriers. How can America apply some of these strategies in that book as well as the actively caring for people movement? Oh boy, they both they both run hand in hand. What what our new book it's it's much shorter. The actively caring for people, the applied psychology, it's a textbook that we can you can use at a university, at a high school. Um, it's seven hundred pages. This new book is just little over a hundred pages, but it's very practical and it's like a manual. And we, we expect to be using this with police officers nationwide. We already have police officers in Arizona and Florida and Northern Virginia interested in the AC4P movement. I might say that police officers have their own website, ac4ppolicing.org, and their wristbands are blue. And they have code numbers on them. So every, every wristband has a different number. And imagine a police officer seeing somebody in the community doing something nice for somebody else, helping somebody else. Imagine they see that, and they go over that person, and they thank them, and they give them a wristband with the story. Please report this. Pass this on. The police officer, of course, goes to the website and reports his or her story mm-hmm. at that website. And there already are some stories at that website. And it's so, it's positive gossip. It's spreading the good news. Police officers do far more 
good things for the nation than these few little nasty things that the, that the world sees through the news media. I mean, let's face it, police officers help. Police officers do good for the world, but we don't see those stories. But this process, ac4ppolicing.org, spreads the word about the good things police officers do. And so we want to, we have this going, but we now have to use this manual nationwide to teach police officers concepts like empathy, see it from the other person's perspective, Mm -hmm. the role of positive consequences over negative consequences, the role of observational learning that we talked about earlier. What you do influences what other people do. If you want to be better at doing something, watch somebody else who's better than you at doing that. And then, of course, we teach them, here's a very important concept. We teach them the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Have you heard of that, April? The Maslow's oh, absolutely. Hierarchy of needs? Yeah, I mean, just as human beings, I mean, when it comes to conflict, that usually boils down to a need not being met. Right now, when you, get, you, you satisfy your physiological needs, then you satisfy safety and security, then you have your social needs, and then you have self-esteem. What's at the top? Some people think it's it's self-actualization. Have you heard that word? Mm -hmm. Self-actualization. And for years, that's what people believe was the top of Maslow's hierarchy. And they still teach it that way. But here's my point. Maslow passed away in 1970. His last book was The Farthest Reaches of Human Nature published in 1971, he said, the best you can be, the top of the ladder, is not self-actualization. It's self-transcendence. It's going beyond yourself for somebody else. Mm -hmm. It's actively caring. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's a key aspect that we teach police officers through this new book, that the best you can be is to reach out and help somebody else. And by the way, when you help somebody else, that improves your own self-esteem. That right. improves it's like a your cycle. sense of belonging. Yeah. So it feeds back onto you. If we could only teach the world that it feels good to help other people, we'd be in far better shape. If we could just teach the world to be more interdependent instead of independent, I can do it myself. No, you need help from others. If we could just teach the world that simple concept that helping others is reinforcing they might do it more often. And the wristband, green for citizens and blue for police officers, promotes this idea of actively caring for others. Right. And I like that idea because it really emphasizes on, you know, the act of being selfless when you're putting somebody else's needs uh, before your own. And then on top of that, even though maybe some of your own needs are being met, but you still have enough compassion and empathy and heart to extend it to somebody else to meet their need. Absolutely. And you know the golden rule, treat others the way mm-hmm. you want to be treated. We teach police officers and others that that's, that's not the best. You have to treat others the way they want to be treated. It might be very different than the way you want to be treated, and that's empathy. Take mm-hmm. the time to find out how the other person wants to be treated, and that's how we treat them. And that's a, that's a whole different, that's a paradigm shift for some people. And that's what we teach in, in our books, is 
What does that mean and what behaviors are implied by that concept? Wow. All right. So let's go ahead and take our next break. And when we come back, more with Scott. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. We're all living in the moment, but you never know when life is going to take a unique turn. It doesn't have to be a challenge, but perhaps more of a detour to get where we need to be. On The Sky's the Limit, host Karen Levitt knows that experience, having faced it herself. Learn about her journey from a life-changing event to where she is now. Her guests are amazing people who are living these experiences and overcoming obstacles. Learn from their stories every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. Hopefully you guys have been inspired by Scott's suggestions on some practical strategies. You can actively participate in the movement, actively caring for people, especially with all the violence that's been taking place over the past uh, one or two weeks here in Dallas, Louisiana and Minnesota. Is there any more um, strategies that you wanted to touch on, Scott, before we move on to our next uh, topic? Um, well, I think the basic strategy, is it not, is to reach out and, and help others. We teach people in our country to be independent. Nice guys finish last, got to blow your own horn. If squeaky mm-hmm. wheel gets the grease. But in fact, we, we need to change that. We need a paradigm shift. The paradigm shift needs to shift to interdependent, that people need each other. You know that slogan, um, if you see something, say something. 
Wow, mm-hmm. if, if we just up. did that more, you know, it's it, those are still those are slogans, but we have to act on those slogans. <laughs> just like I say, actively caring movement is a slogan, but we have to do something. So the deal is behavior, and the other deal is if we want to do better at what we're doing, we need to accept feedback, and we need to give feedback. The only way to improve is to get feedback about our behavior. And we just need to lighten up and be, be humble to accept feedback. And, of course, we also need to have the courage to step to the plate and give somebody else feedback. When's the last time one of your listeners has, has asked the driver of a cab, of a cab to wear their safety belt or a stranger <laughs> to wear their safety belt? I mean, when, when do we actually step to the plate and ask people to do something on behalf of their health or safety. It's not easy. That, that, that's a simple example, but even that's not easy. Because right. we're all in our own little silos, our own little separate independent worlds. We need to change that. That's what our book is all about. Um, and we need police officers to promote that. We just finished one for schools. So we want to reduce bullying by changing the word. It's, 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 a, it's an actively caring culture. Why do most kids bully. They bully because sometimes they're insecure, but often they get attention for their bullying. They get rewarded for their bullying. Mm -hmm. And we have set up programs where we turn that all around, where students get attention for completing actively caring for people cards. They fill out a card explaining that they saw actively caring. They have a wristband they gave to somebody else. It's all about changing the culture, quite frankly. I should say it differently. It's about changing the conversation. And if we change the conversation long enough and among more and more people, we will change the culture. Mm-hmm. Well, when you talked about changing the paradigm, you know, shifting the paradigm, but how does psychologically, how does that work when, you know, how would somebody be able to break through their own paradigm to reach out to act on something that's selfless when we go back to the hierarchy of needs, when their needs are, are not being met. It could be a need of security or um, stability or love or attention, whatever it is. How are they to break through that barrier and that paradigm to reach out to somebody else when in their own they're not able to um, have their own needs met? Uh, April, that's a very thoughtful way of looking at it. And it, it, it makes sense, doesn't it? If I can't feed my family, if I'm concerned about my own personal security, how do you expect me mm-hmm. to care about the security of others? And it is true. Research has shown that the better off people are with regard to their own security and, and health and so forth, the more likely will they reach out and help somebody else. I mean, I'm, they're financially secure, for example, and those are the ones who make the donations mm-hmm. to feel better about themselves. But how about this? How about even if we don't have it all for ourselves, how about realizing that other, there still are other people who have it worse off than you, and you can jump to the top of that hierarchy without going through all the steps. You don't have to go through this step and this step there's no research that says that you oh, have sequential, to do this. And yet, right. It sounds good, but there's no research that says that. What if you jump right up to actively caring for people? And then again, as we said, 
that can feed your sense of belonging, your sense of self-esteem, and so on. But you're absolutely right, though. Sometimes we're so into feeding ourselves and um, feeling better about ourselves that we fail to consider others. Right. And let's dive a little bit more on the individual aspect. How can somebody feel self-motivated when they're dealing with uh, a trauma or tragedy or curveball in life? I mean, do you think it's really on self-motivation or is there more to it, like having an external force that can help them, um, you know, get empowered? Well, um, we, we can talk about a spiritual force and that, that very often helps a lot of people to turn to a spiritual um, outside to help them. And we also know from much research that social support is critical to helping a person get through those difficult mm-hmm. times. And now we're talking about those other people, those other social support people actively caring for the individual who's having a tough time. So again, it's, it goes on, doesn't it? If I'm having a difficult time in my life, financially, um, socially, Somebody else can do so much for me. Again, there's a resistance to actually do that. And and it also, like you said, maybe it's also um, humbling ourselves to accept not only feedback when we're looking for feedback um, to improve or recognition, but also to humble ourselves to receive help. Because I know that's one of the issues when it comes to people who are in a situation they typically at first, I feel a little bit hesitant on reaching out and asking for help. Oh, yeah. I can do it myself. It's a sign of weakness, they mm-hmm. think, to ask somebody for help. Absolutely. That's the paradigm shift. That's one of the paradigm shifts we got to have, where it's not a sign of weakness. We all could be better off if, if we work together. There's a word that I use very often called synergy. It means... The whole is greater than some of its parts. Mm-hmm. And we have to get those parts working together towards synergy. And, and, and that's, a, that's a paradigm shift, because like I say, we've been raised, I can do it myself, individualistic. <laughs> we go from dependent, our parents take care of us, and we can't wait to become independent when we're on our own, and then we, we get stuck there not realizing that the mature individual, the mature organization is interdependent, is relying on others to get the job done. We're all in this together. Right. And like you said, it ties into not only social support, but also spiritual principles and aspects on we're really created here as human beings to be connected and to be of service to one another. Absolutely. And when I, when I talk about actively caring, I do have um, religious-focused people and Christians coming up and saying, wow, this, is, this sounds like Christianity. And I said, well, it, it probably sounds like any religion that believes that the essence is helping each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a helping concept. But, it's, but again, in our books, it's more than helping. We teach how to help. You know, I'm, I'm concerned, frankly, more about the quality of helping than the quantity of helping. That mm-hmm. is, sometimes we think we're helping somebody, but we're really not. So it's the quality. How do you help others? 
That becomes a critical concept. And one of the principles I already mentioned, helping others means using more positive consequences of behavior than negative consequences. That's one simple principle. And it's, it's so true. But I, yeah, I remember, I think you were sharing a story on your TED Talk, um, can't remember if you were doing a lecture at Virginia Tech, where some people, or maybe some of the students there in your classroom, weren't they motivated by the negative consequences, weren't they not? Like, you know, I'm just well, here, yeah, just yeah. so that I, well, I, asked, like, I have to be here. Why, why, why are you here? What, what brought you here today? How many are here to avoid failure? <laughs> and there's, that's, most of them raise their hand. Yeah. But I want a paradigm shift. I want them here to achieve success. I want them to be success seekers instead of failure avoiders. And it's just the way you see it. Are you, are you working to get something or are you working to avoid something? As I say in my talk, do you, get up to an, do you wake up to an alarm clock <laughs> or an opportunity clock? You know, <laughs> an opportunity how, clock. how do you see it, you know? And it's really, sometimes it's very often your self-talk. How do you talk to yourself? Mm-hmm. I'm here to get something positive, or you're here to avoid something aversive. And if you're motivated by negative consequences, there's several, there's several consequences of that. One, you don't feel choice. You feel you have to do it. It's oh. a requirement. If I don't do it, I'm going to get punished. So I have to do it. And the consequence of that is you won't do more than you have to because you're not going to be self-motivated. You're doing it for somebody else who's holding you accountable. And if you don't meet that deadline, you've got hell to pay. That's, that's, we have to shift from that. That's a failure avoiding mindset. And we have to move to success-seeking mindset. By the way, the success-seekers are the optimists. We mentioned earlier going beyond the call of duty. Mm-hmm. What do leaders do to inspire actively? They, made, they make success-seekers. They put the focus on seeking success rather than avoiding failure. Well, give us a few more examples on, you know, I know some of the listeners there are probably questioning themselves, wow, which one am I? Am I the you know, looking to achieve success or am I avoiding failure? Where do I fall into with, like you said, your mindset, your mentality and your language and your communication? Um, What are some of the, like you said, the consequences if you're on that negative and like you said, if you don't feel like you have a choice, I mean, that's being disempowered and you're basically just doing the bare minimum. Is there other consequences that, that can lead from that mindset? Let's first back up and understand one thing. These are states, meaning in some situations you might be a success seeker. In other situations, because of the the management of that situation or because of the consequences in that situation, you might be a failure avoider. So Mm -hmm. in different situations, the environment sets you up, be working to gain success or working to avoid failure. And, and that's, that's, a main, that's a main difference. And, and so there's things that we can do for people to help them become success seekers, help them feel competent, you know, help them feel um, to, to achieve what they're trying to achieve. Oh, it goes we're back, back to, to three questions. We're back to empowerment, yeah. aren't we? We're back mm-hmm. to empowerment. When people feel empowered, 
the more likely to be success seekers. If they don't feel empowered, if they believe they can't do the job, it's not worth it, it's, it won't work, they're failure avoiders. They're just doing it to avoid failing, and they don't feel self-motivated. Mm. Got it. Okay. And that's why I, you know, I'm such a big proponent on empowerment, hence the You're Not Alone show is here on the Empowerment Channel, is that, yes, we all need inspiration and actually take actions and motivations, but it's really about feeling empowered because that gives you the tools and enables you to be really equipped with knowing, like you said, going through those three questions. Oh, yeah, I can really do this. You know, I've been trained. I've been taught. I've had a coach or a mentor to kind of show me the way. Uh, I really believe in in changing um, whatever it is that you're going after in your behavior and it leads to your set goals, but really being empowered is um, being enabled to, like I said, having that success or seeking success. Absolutely. And I love that you said feeling empowered. Mm-hmm. And that's the key point, isn't it? You have to feel empowered and that we get back to those three questions. Sometimes we I empower you, <laughs> you know, meaning <laughs> I want you to do this. But if you don't feel it, if you don't feel it, and of course it connects directly to, to self-motivated. If you don't feel self-motivated to do the job, then um, forget it. I'm, I don't feel empowered and I'm, I might do the job just to avoid you firing me or to avoid a ticket, to avoid a fine, but I don't feel empowered. I don't feel self-motivated. In my TEDx talk, maybe you recall, I talk about three, actually four C words that imply feeling empowered or feeling self-motivated. One is choice. Think about it. If we're doing something to avoid an aversive consequence, we don't feel choice. So we feel choice, and that means we feel motivated if we're working for something positive. Second word, competent. If we believe that we're good at doing worthwhile work, we're competent at doing worthwhile work, we're more likely to feel empowered, we're more likely to feel self-motivated. How do you help people feel competent? Well, you give them recognition. Or you coach them to be more competent. But you help them understand that they're good at this. Third word, community. They're all C words, mm-hmm. community, a sense of togetherness. Now I'm back to interdependent. I'm back right. to be, believing in the social support of others. And, of course, the fourth word in my TEDx talk is, our con- is consequence, how we understand the consequences that influence our behavior. Okay. I'm writing all those down. So if you guys are also taking notes like myself, first is choice, feeling empowered that you do have a choice. And the second is uh, being competent. The third is community. And fourth is consequences. Okay. And And that goes back to the the community efforts that we talked about in your movement, the actively caring for people movement. Yes. All right, as I'm taking notes, hopefully you guys are also taking notes. We are going for our last break, so meet us back after these messages and more with Scott when we come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you have adversity or challenges in your life weighing you down? 
Are you sick and tired of feeling depressed, down, and just plain unhappy? Get yourself out of this rut. Take action. Break through the barriers in your life and gain the confidence that you deserve by downloading the free ebook, You Are Not Alone, at MyJoyAgain.com. This book will help you to create your own blueprint to rise above life's challenges and discover the power inside you. Start smiling again, enjoy life, and feel empowered that you can face anything that is in front of you. Visit MyJoyAgain.com for the free ebook or text to 38470. The keyword, joy. Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Most of us have experienced the loss of a loved one, be it a friend or family member. There are all kinds of questions and emotional pain that we go through, but you can move on. Listen for From Morning to Morning with Rabbi Mel Glazer. It doesn't matter what faith you are, or if you even have no faith, you are sure to find meaning in Rabbi Mel's words and personal experience, as well as that of his guests. From Morning to Morning airs live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. And we're back with E. Scott Geller. Our episode is The Psychology of Self-Motivation. If you are just joining us at our last segment here, I encourage you guys to really listen to the replay of this week's talk. And just to give you guys a quick summary on the three questions to feel empowered. One, can you do it in that self-efficacy? And number two is, will it work? Number three, is it worth it? And some other uh, pearls of wisdom that I got from our guest today, Scott, is focusing on really transcendence, and that's acting in a selfless manner, um, not just self-actualization and changing our paradigm and shifting our our paradigm to be able to break through some of those barriers that we talked about on um, interdependence and the four C words. Uh, Just before the break, I wrote down choice, a feeling empowered that we do have a choice. Uh, Number two, competence. Three, community. Four, uh, consequences that influences our behavior. So with that quick summary, Scott, what is on the horizon um, that you're currently working on? Oh, uh, thanks for asking. Well, I said we just completed a book 
called Actively Caring for Policing. And this is a book we hope it will be used in training education programs for police officers nationwide. It's already started in Florida and Arizona, and we want it to spread. And as I think I talked during the program, that we wanted, we're teaching police officers to actively care, to wristband and actively caring for people wristband to people in the community, their citizens, who are doing positive acts. And by the way, another way to give away their wristband, when the police officer helps somebody else, they give that wristband to the person they helped. When that person says, thank you, officer, I really appreciate what you've done for me, they pass them the wristband. By the way, we call that feed forward. There's feedback that's after the behavior, but there's feed forward. Sometimes we ask people, we remind people, um, we, we prompt people to do things. In this case, the police officer is giving that person a wristband to join our movement. Now, we've just completed a second book in this series called Actively Caring for People at School. And that's a situation where we want to change the climate of schools so it's not about conflict and bullying. It's about, it's about um, cooperative learning. It's about working together. And the third book, I've just, we're just completing this one, the third in the series, is Actively Caring for People's Safety. Now, that's the area that I've been working in for 40 years, okay. going to companies and helping them become brother-sister-keepers organizations. Imagine an organization where people are looking out for each other's safety and well-being, that if they see somebody taking a risk, that they say something. And if they see somebody doing something good for safety, they say something. We call that supportive feedback, and we call the other corrective feedback. So these, these books tell people, the agents of change, how to give corrective feedback and rewarding feedback so it's accepted, and it's not only accepted, but it's also used to change the behavior. It really is behavior-based. All of this is based on behavioral science. But I said earlier, we're bringing in humanism because there is a feeling part to all of this. It's not only about behaviors, but we want to... Empathy and compassion, right. We want to influence behaviors in a way that you feel good about what you're doing. Okay. So in closing, Scott, what is the website that, that people can go to to follow this movement or join the movement? Wonderful. It's a c4p.org Alrighty everyone that's acp4.org yeah, is that correct? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, it's actively caring for people. We just taken those first letters and that's what I want. That's really the that's the acronym we're using, AC4P. That's right. AC4P behavior. Actively caring for people behavior. So the website is ac4p.org. If one of your listeners is a police officer, they might want to look, or anybody can look on their their website. It's ac4ppolicing.org. And this is what police officers use to report their acts of kindness in the community. And this is the kind of positive gossip we have to see much more often. There's... Let's see, those disasters we have, those tragedies in Minnesota and 
and or is it Missouri and and Dallas? I mean, Dallas, right. they're they're rare. We need to we need people to see the positive aspects of what police officers do for us. Oh, I appreciate your time here on You Are Not Alone, Scott, and such a relevant um, topic and what's going on in our country as well as um, in other regions as well. Alrighty, everybody, I'm April Joy Ford here on Voice America with You Are Not Alone. I share my story and this show so that others can share their stories and have their glory so that others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face but would be able to take the fruit of my adversities and prosper with it. I give my permission mission to allow people to borrow my belief in faith then I give my love and light so others can illuminate theirs I share my joys and blessings so others can share theirs and let others know you are not alone and make sure you go to myjoyagain.com there's gold to be discovered in our challenges know that you're not alone get inspired uplifted and empowered every Tuesday 4 p.m pacific here on voice america we appreciate your joining us this week for you are not alone please tune in for another edition with host april joy ford next tuesday at 7 p.m eastern time 4 p.m pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel we can't wait to talk again next week